You can look at everything from where you are, and every child and every adult has agency. You start with something they have agency on, not that they don't. Everybody knows something about their city, and there's so many ways to do it. That's how I would start. Yeah, make the city the text. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, where we unpack what's new and innovative in education. Today, we'll hear some questions and answers from our visit to the High Tech High campus in San Diego, where we were fortunate enough to capture the voices of High Tech High leaders, including Larry Rosenstock, Jeff Robbins, and Caleb Rashad, who have such a contagious zeal and passion for their students. In the podcast, they share musings about projects, starting new schools, hiring teachers, and why the city the school is located in is so important. A little background about High Tech High, it's a network of schools in the San Diego area, and when you walk into any of the campuses, there are students working in groups, artwork and student projects are everywhere, and creativity is bursting out of every corner. So let's begin with Larry Rosenstock, a carpenter from Massachusetts who started all of this on a rundown Navy base. He describes how to get started with a school like High Tech High. When I said earlier to that very good question of of how do you start, and I said have public exhibitions of work, I want to take it one step further. Make the city where you live the text. It is the best, simplest way to get started, right? I've got uh, someone who's doing a school in Harlem, and I didn't bring it down because it's way up high. I can't reach it without a big ladder, but I've got a big map of Harlem. And she, and she was right behind her, and she said, how can I do this in Harlem? And I pointed up, I said, Harlem, the talented 10th. You got jazz, you got literature. They came from all over the world. You can do the world from Harlem. You could do the world you can do the world from Cambridge. And that's what we did. We made the city the text. You can, we can, you can do the world from San Diego, right? I mean, our buildings got commissioned one month after Pearl Harbor. Because of what happened in Pearl Harbor, they say we better rebuild it farther away because the planes can't come this far. You can look at everything from where you are. And every child and every adult has agency. You start with something they have agency on, not that they don't. Everybody knows something about their city. All of the high-tech high campuses are project-based, which results in a ton of student work product, many of which are visibly beautiful. We were amazed at what we saw on our visit, so we asked Larry to tell us more. Hey, I want to know about the art. The, the art is so crazy good here. Yeah. The art next door at the middle school is just spectacular. Yes. Can, can you guys talk about sort of leading? Yes. Um, Sure. I think I think that I think that I think that we all, whether we have children or other things we do, that we all love making something that wasn't there before. Whether it's a book or a piece of art or a piece of music, there's a lot of music that that kids have performed. In fact, I have come out. I've come out of my my office because I've heard some kids. I feel I feel like they're playing something professional and they're back there in the corner. You know. So I want to ask you about teachers. We we all saw some crazy talented right teachers how do you recruit them grow them and keep them great first of all i love teachers because i taught for a very long time i have an easy job i just start at 4 a.m and i'm here till 7 that's not that bad no but i i have a lot of things that comes at me every day teachers the thing i love about teachers is teachers know where they're going to be from the beginning of september to the end of june and i'll never forget what that is like they gotta be there so we really care about that here's how we do it 
Um, we have things that are called bonanzas. Maybe someone told you about them. They would have started already. And that means that, we, first of all, we have so many people that apply that we've never figured out on our on a website how to filter that. It's very, very, it's, we're still always tr struggling with that. But they come in. The, the only people who can hire a teacher are the people who run the schools. I have no authority to do that intentionally. And so they would come in, let's say it would be probably like uh, about um, this table worth of people would come in on, on one day. And there would be a few school directors there and maybe some faculty there. And the first thing that, well, so you'd do several things. You'd each have to teach two classes and you would be observed by adults. You have a speed dating where we have the kids at every age level. The kids are in a circle uh, looking out and then their seats looking in and the kids get to ask you whatever they want to, which is really fascinating. Um, and then um, I, if I'm ever doing it in the morning, if you heard my description of the school to those people, it would sound like I was trying to dissuade them from being here in a, by saying, I just want you to know, here's what we do. Here's what we don't do, because you're right. But then there's something else that's really a secret sauce, and that is that people, some people look at the website of your school and they kind of try to mimic it, but it's not who they really are. And remember that the first sentence in our design principles is, high tech high is an equity project. These schools are clearly a bit different than your average school. We asked Larry how he shares this unique mission and school model with prospective students and parents, and if some leave because it isn't a good fit. It rarely happens that they don't adjust to this department, to this, this type of environment. I mean, maybe um, some go to other schools because they'd rather, but it's a very, very little leakage happens, actually. Very, very little. I mean, you know, we don't want the, the child to have decided that they want to come here because when they're tender years, they can't make that decision. It's really their parent who's making it. And so when we have orientation sessions for parents, if you were listening to an orientation session, you would think that I am trying to convince people not to come, in a way. I said, I don't want them to be, you know, we're not going to segregate kids. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do the other thing. So you need to know it now, right? Um, so that's, we try to be really honest about that. You may also be wondering about who goes to High Tech High and how they get in. So we asked about how many students are applying and what the enrollment process is like. So there's probably uh, several, there's five, six, seven thousand in the lottery, right? So, um, and then it, dep it really depends on whether we're opening a new school, how many we have. Uh, by the way, maybe this was said before, I've learned that when you're open, if you're opening a new K-12, you do not want to take 11th and 12th graders in the first year. You do not want to take 8th graders in the first year. And you do not want to take 4th and 5th graders in the first year. I hope everyone understands why, okay? Uh, you just don't, uh, okay? Um, and, but that said, um, the lottery is highly regulated under California law. And it's blind. And so uh, maybe I said this before, a sibling will get in over a non-sibling in an underrepresented zip code, but not if it's a fully represented zip code. We have gaming of it that we, oh, it's amazing what some people <laughs> have tried. Some very interesting things. So, so we've gotten it tighter and tighter and tighter. We cherish the fact that we had non-meritocratic admissions and we're getting them into the colleges we're getting. The quality of work that students do here, what they publish, um, right. what they exhibit, is really high quality. Yeah. What's the process that 
uh, creates that? By by getting used to making a lot of things and doing it poorly, <laughs> you know, like any of us do anything, you know, just yeah. failure is a really great way to do it. Like, where are they getting yeah. feedback? Uh, from their from the faculty, from their peers, and from their parents when their parents come in. While there are many people that already know what a wonderful learning environment High Tech High is, some people still aren't sold on the idea of student-centered collaborative learning. Well, until they see it for themselves. So I had somebody um, who came down from an organization that he used to work for, and she came down one day and said, uh, and said she was one of the one of the top people there, and she came in really oddly. Um, uh, one 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 uh, day, and she said, I, "I don't buy this. I've heard a lot about it, and I just think it's it's just bogus." And I said, "Well, okay, welcome to be here, you know, uh, you know." And I said, "So so, what are you going to do today?" So I'm just going to go around all day, and you know. And I said, "Okay, fine, and uh, do that." There's an exhibition here tonight, and there was. Um, actually, and there was an exhibition here, and there was another exhibition, which I'll tell you about. And I said, well, why don't you just go to the exhibition and then come back the next morning um, and before you leave? And I said, so, but, but before you go, what, what are you worried about? She said, I don't, I don't, I want to see, see that there's rigor. I want to see that there's agency. I want to see that, she listed all these things that, that she wanted to see. It was no, no, a lot of people might feel that way, but few people come in that way. The guest then attended the exhibition night. She followed through and visited Larry the next morning to give him her feedback. And then the next morning, she stopped by my office before she left, and I said, here's what I saw. I saw agency, I saw equity, I saw creativity, I saw parent participation, I saw, I saw everything that I told you uh, 24 hours ago I wouldn't see. So you don't try to, you let, let the, you know, somebody once said to a, someone who was a, a famous actor, had somebody else was on a set who was nervous, and the actor said, let the costume do the acting, relax, you know, the costume are the kids, and, and I mean that not in an offensive way, let the work, that's why I said that before when you asked that good question, let the work speak for itself. If people, if people are seeing really high quality work, that just doesn't happen. It happens through error, it happens through concentration, it happens through intensive learning. To get a better sense of the scale and quality of these projects that Larry is describing and that visitors get to see when they visit High Tech High, we suggest heading to the blog where you'll find some great pictures of student work and be linked to additional resources. We also wanted to share a clip from Jeff Robbins, fine arts teacher at High Tech High, who provides a description of one of the many projects that have gone on here called the Staircase to Nowhere Project. So students designed staircases and created scale models and full-size staircases to nowhere around the school. With a partner, students used trigonometry and CAD to first design and build a smaller scale of the staircase. And then with a party of 10, they created life-size staircases to nowhere at various locations. It's a conceptual art piece, plus a physics and math project. You can find a link for more in the blog, but we included this clip to highlight how interdisciplinary and connected these projects are. Here's Jeff. We basically had three learning goals, and they went with the deliverables. The first deliverable was to do a 1 to 10 scale model, and the students made staircases by playing, seeing what would go together. Um, it's sort of a prototyping phase. Yeah, prototyping. And so play is really important. Andrew's, we were trying to figure it out, and I was sitting with Andrew Glog, a physicist, and his wife, a mathematician, and we were coming up with the qu equations, and then at the end of the table, his three little kids were making staircases. Huh. And we're like, oh, yeah, play. And um, 
and then the second one was in teams of two designing so in SketchUp or in CAD they designed a staircase that was one to five scale model so they had to think about the math they and this went deeper the math that they were doing in this you notice I say maths just like in England there are lots of maths I know it's math it's it doesn't mean plural right. but literally they use trig they use um, the calculus and they figured out which uh, and they used they even made the staircases maybe in the shape of parabola parabolas and so they they engineered uh, the math and um, and into their design and so when they made the one to scale models uh, uh, 60 kids made them and we had uh, four feet left over the other the other one to ten we had tons of waste but this we had very little so they were very strict about it so that gave them an idea of playing an idea of designing and then when they negotiate then on the one-to-one scale models it was about collaborating they collaborated in their in their design and they collaborated in actually building it too and so it, it took the kids that some kids are really great at building and some kids are really great at talking and negotiating and and everybody had a kind of figure out their way with it we did i mean we had to go like me and like uh five boys and two girls went to home depot and it took us all day to pick out 60 straight two by four 600 straight two by fours so it's pretty fun and that that was a mashup of art and engineering art and physics physics yeah great and it's the reason it's staircase to nowhere was i told them if it went somewhere it would be craft it has to go nowhere for them to be art and uh and then uh so it's pretty cool and then i have it all on my website too great yeah look for it all right what's the website jeffrobin.com on campus there's an elementary a middle and a high school we were curious what kind of culture Larry and his staff try to create, and if it's the same at all age levels and grades. He shared a bit more about that culture, and also how they include advisory at the high school level to deepen the community on campus. If you read Debbie Myers, because she was just here two weeks ago, when she, okay, when she said the kindergarten tradition in the high school, for those of you in kindergarten, think about it, read her piece. It's, it's a great, great piece. It's just a few pages, uh, and you can find it online. That. High schools need to look and feel like kindergartens because kindergartens are based on the intrinsic interests of the learner. It's fuzzy logic. It's not heavy intensive testing. And kids love creating and being and learning to be amongst each other. And every one of us has an advisory group. And every advisory group um, is about uh, 12 kids. And they're all intentionally, uh, they're 9, 10, 11, 12th grade. Because ninth graders, I'll wrap it up for you, ninth graders are watching 12th graders go through the scariest year of their life because where are they going to be going? They're watching 11th graders go through the most measured year in a human being's life. So you see what that's like. And I always have, our, and, and when we have a graduation, all our graduations, we only have student speakers. To close, Getting Smart CEO Tom Vanderark asked Caleb, director of High Tech High, about starting schools. On a side note, Caleb has a compelling personal story about his own path in education and how he got to high tech, which hopefully we'll capture one day soon and share with you. But for now, we will leave you with his response. We have people from different cities who are thinking, how the heck do we do this in our in our town? Do you have any parting advice for folks trying to start schools that um, that look operate this way like where to start what to think about um, 
Yeah, so um, maybe maybe a couple of pieces of advice. I think it always starts with um, organically and best with the people that you have and the passions and interests and curiosities that the people have. I think when you start cultivating those conversations, um, they begin to think about like what might be things that are interesting to them that they may want to explore, how they can bring students along with them to explore those topics. Um, and then as they explore, uh, how can they like show their work, show their learning um, to the world? I was just recently at the San Diego Museum of Art here, and what was interesting was they had, um, they were highlighting a particular architect. And they showed like the architect's building, like a big picture of it. And then right next to it, they showed like a um, 150th scale model. And then they showed a 110th scale model. And then they showed like a map in schematics, like all the drawings of it. And then they showed like the architect's notes. And then they showed like a, just like a brainstorm thing. And I thought it was interesting because they didn't just show like the final product, but they made the process of learning visible. And I think that's one thing Larry talks about a lot is like how to not just document the final thing because you want to make the work public and you want to make the learning process public too. So how do you make students learning more visible? And so um, I would say those might be two things. That might be a place to start is with conversations about the people who live this work, breathe this work, what are the things that are interesting and curious to them? And then secondly, how can they bring students along with them on this journey? And then third, how can they show student learning all throughout? And then how do they like make a big deal about their final product? Thanks. Hopefully that helps. But love the hell out of people. Yeah. Do that first. Thanks to Larry Rosenstock, Jeff Robbins, and Caleb Rashad for letting us share their Q&A on the podcast, to Emily Liebtag for producing, and to Troy Lund for mixing support. Be sure to check out the Getting Smart podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And while you're there, subscribe and rate us. And if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear similar episodes featuring innovative schools, be sure to check out Season 2, Episode 44, Acton Academy, Building a Student-Centered School and a Global Network as well as Season 2, Episode 41, featuring Tacoma, Washington's Summit Olympus School, where leaders shared more about the school's personalized learning program. You can also head to GettingSmart.com and check out this year's Schools to Visit post, where we highlight over 180 schools doing great work. For the Getting Smart Podcast, this is Megan and Kat signing off. <laughs>